podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Man sat in an electric chair, about to get zapped, and he says, guys, there's been a terrible mistake. I've already been charged in court. (laughs) 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 Yes. I love it, Nate. Welcome back. I feel yeah, I feel like you're back on it. I've gone I've I've gone back to one oh one. I've been like, what jokes does Lawrence like? Straight back to that. Um yeah, I knew you'd like that one. I, I had no doubts at all. All you needed was two weeks in Bahrain, Nate. To, yeah, uh... <laughs> right, exactly. Just to cleanse it was those two flights, wasn't it? Yeah. Those two flights, the aircon, the heat. I think on those runs as well of the track, it helped me out. Okay, well, um I won't make you wait too much longer, Nate, for your score. It's an eight point yes. five. Oh, nice. Okay, that's good. This is good. I think the last few jokes have been up and down, so this continues that theme, right? Hello and welcome to another edition of The Pad Hoc. I'm Lawrence Bretto and I'm joined by my mates and brilliant F1 journalists Chris Medland and Nate Saunders. Now we've been back in the UK for a few days after spending the last two weeks in Bahrain for pre-season testing and the race. Nate, I'm going to come to you first. How was the desert? It was very good, very warm. As you can see, I mean, well, you two can see, no one else can see. I'm sat here in a hat and a jacket. Because uh, my flat is freezing cold. But no, the desert was great. I hadn't been to Bahrain before. Ran the track twice. Um, yeah, just had a had a pretty good time. Um, it's a it's a pretty great venue, isn't it, as a facility? Like you, they even serve you kebabs and stuff in the paddock, which is very very dangerous for a man like me. <laughs> but um, no, I enjoyed it. How many kebabs right. did you eat, Nate, over the course of the the test and the weekend? S- so this is going to sound bad, Lawrence, but on, on the race, because I forgot to sign up for grid access, when everyone else went to the grid, I went and got myself two kebabs. They weren't huge, though. <laughs> they weren't huge. I got myself two, and then I took them back to my desk. They were fuel. And then other people came back with the same amount, okay? But when everyone else was on the grid, you know, doing that cool bit before, I was, uh, yeah, two two kebabs, please, for me. Um, Admittedly, I snuck one in pre-race as well. That was my lunch before going to the grid. But you, you mentioned, like, being freezing. I was so not prepared for this coming home yeah i don't know why well actually you definitely weren't nate because we're on the same flight and you got off the flight in t-shirt and shorts (laughs) yeah it was like two degrees and raining and it i think it's because i kind of forgot how early the season started and my facebook memories are going off at the moment of us sort of in barcelona and granoyas for testing like a few years ago and going to going out for dinner and stuff it was actually that barcelona game when they came back from like 4-0 4-0 down in the last 20 minutes and the whole of Barcelona went crazy. And that was that was six years ago and we were still finishing testing in Spain. Mm. And now we're back from the first race. So it's still hot in Bahrain, but it's still freezing at home. And I just <laughs> wasn't ready for the two to collide when I came home. Well, you mentioned my attire when I got off the plane. I, I got in the cab. Me and Meadows were waiting for the cab together. I jump in my cab and the guy turns to me about five minutes in and goes, so, uh, been to the Caribbean? Because <laughs> I was in short. <laughs> I was like, no, Bahrain. He was like, oh, okay warm there and i was like yeah pretty warm <laughs> famously warm um and that's all the chat we had really on the way back because i was just like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i did that thing with the cow i was like look mate i want to i'd be honest with you i want to go to sleep in a pretty big way um but yeah so i definitely regretted that and i thought i had a jacket in my bag i thought i had my jumper in my bag which i didn't uh so that was awkward getting off the flight ah well i mean i, I saved Nate. i warmed him up i got my coffee 
I was uh, good, to, good to specify yeah. how he warmed me up there. Matt has just jumped on me and stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> well, <laughs> well I wasn't strange. going the other way, Nate. I don't know why. I don't know why no, nor was I. I just, to, to clarify for anyone who was going that way, <laughs> you know, I, I, didn't want, I didn't want there to be any confusion. So I'm glad none of us went that way. That's fine. That's good. None of us, none of us went that way. And that's fine. Moving on. And what about you, Medus? Good weekend? Uh, yeah, it was good fun. Uh, really enjoyed it. The uh, I did feel a bit rough uh, in between test and race. I think same sort of thing. Wasn't used to, well, A, going to a mate stag in Berlin beforehand. Probably took it out of me. But then not being used to going from cold weather to very warm and going in and out of aircon and stuff. Quite a few people were struggling, I think. So, uh, yeah, but clear highlight was playing some golf with you. Yeah. Um, but I want everyone to get their tiny violins out because we record this right now. Nate was very well prepared. He was stealing himself for some golf chat because we were meant to play again yesterday. Yeah, and... I, I, I thought this was going to be dominated by golf chat. But this is about as far as it goes because it snowed where we wanted yeah. to play golf and they closed the course. So our, our plans got cancelled and I had to work instead, <laughs> which I know people will be, I mean, heartbroken tear that I had to work on a weekday. Uh, but it, it, it happened my prayers on Tuesday were answered I knelt down by my bed and I said dear lord I hate golf please don't let them talk about it on the pod P.S. please help me with other stuff <laughs> oh make oh me make me rich and things like that uh, amen and then you know that was obviously an answered prayer but I reckon God gets a lot of prayers like that that start off with dear lord I hate golf so maybe there was a lot going in that day and follow it up with can you make me rich <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i mean i started with the least selfish thing at least uh so that's how you tear a prayer i think you put least selfish stuff first and then go full selfish for the end well uh, well luckily for you that's based on the golf chat we've got i guess bretta will hopefully find something far more entertaining to talk about from his weekend I don't know if it's entertaining, but I can at least bring it back to Formula One chat, Nate. So hopefully that's slightly better for you. Um, yeah, for I mean, TV this year much we're better. doing <laughs> for F1 TV this year. We've got um, practice pre-race. Pre- oh, I can't. I don't know. I used, would have thought I would have learned this by now. I wouldn't have done six shows, <laughs> but it's uh, I've done pre-practice and post-practice shows. New for F1 TV this year. So I was a little bit busier. You boys will be glad to know this weekend. Uh, working finally, with Will and Laura. Yeah, yeah, finally, did look finally, time and all really. I've also got to say, Laz, you, every week I see you, you are even more stylish than the week before. I'm, I'm genuinely blown away. It's, it's very impressive. Like, there's me and my, like, my t-shirt and my, and my same pair of jeans. And, uh, yeah. So, Checks and then, in the and then, post from Barreto to Saunders. Yeah, I know. Um, hey, he said, that was yeah, he said, nice. he said, send me some of his shoes if I said that. So he was actually very, <laughs> very aggressive making sure I said that. Are you a, are you a size nine, Nate? <clears throat> I well, I am, but I have big, I quite large, wide feet. You've got quite narrow feet, I imagine. <laughs> Obviously, we spend extensive time analysing each other's feet. <laughs> yeah, no, I've just, you know, sometimes when I talk, I look down at people's feet. You know, I'm like, oh, they've got, they've got big feet, small feet, whatever. I think mine. Are quite okay, big, well, I tell you what, <clears throat> Nate. How about next time you're around, uh, you can go into the shoe cupboard. Oh my god! And you yes. can pick a pair of shoes. Yes, I mean, if they fit, even yeah. if they don't fit, I'm going to limp yeah. out with them. <laughs> My feet will be blistered, and I'm like, this is great. Uh, I want the ones that say, like, LB on them. They're specific. <laughs> pair of Barettos. That's okay. I'm happy for you to continue doing my PR for me, mate. So thanks very much. Sweet. Side side gig. Like it. But it was very kind of you. I was decked out mostly in AlphaTauri. Nice little plug there. 
who are the official fashion premium fashion supplier for Formula One. Um, so um, it's very nice of you to have noticed, Nate. Mm. I tried. No, it, I had some. Um... I had desert looks. I went for desert looks: yellows, mangoes, beiges, browns, pinks. Desert look, interesting. What what other looks are there for the season? So, like, let's say we go to Miami. Are you going to have colourful Miami look? Is that yeah? Is that so I'm going to go for like yeah. So like greens, yellows, oranges. You know, dolphin colours. What about Vegas? Target neon flashing. I've never ah. seen a yellow dolphin. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> no. Well, well, nothing if not educational. You never see them because they're the ones in hospital matters, the yellow ones. They're really sick. No. <laughs> Come That's on, a, that was funny. That's <laughs> a sad thought. Dolphins sick are very mean. Dolphin. Okay? Dolphins, dolphins, they've got good PR. They're not nice animals. And I'll, I'll, I'll fight you. I'll fight you for that. Fight you at that. But they look they're like not lovely nice. animals. The way they yeah, glide that's in exactly. and out of the water. They look like lovely animals. And they, their PR says they're lovely animals. But you should read about them. Horrible what creatures. What have they done to you, Nate? What have they're they not done to, to me because I'll never go in the water near them because they're beasts. <laughs> okay, they're awful beasts. Okay, you can, you swim with them if you want. They'll do the whole <laughs> thing and then make you think, oh, yeah, I'm having a great time. But if you go underwater with them, <laughs> that's what dolphins do, and it, it's them laughing at each other like, look at this human thinking we're nice, and they're not nice. Google it. Google dolphins and not nice. And see what comes up. Search engine provider. Yeah, don't do it on a work laptop. Not because it's not safe to look at. Oh no! What's coming up? No, your work colleagues will just think you're a bit of a weirdo. Not, not that it's, it's a bad search. They'll just be like, "Why have you been searching dolphins?" Um. Anyway, sorry, Lawrence. Vegas. That's okay. (laughs) What colours would you wear? I've got sequin. I've got sequins. I've got sequins for Vegas. I'm going to have some sort of flashing light. And I'm trying to work on a shoe that can have dry ice in them so that when I'm walking down the paddock, there's like smoke coming out of them. Oh my God. But I wow. haven't That's... quite worked out the tech. That genuinely out the sounds incredible. Is that, do- like, is that doable? I assume it. I, I mean, I guess it is. Yeah, I'd, well, I'm trying to find someone who feels it's safe enough to put the dry ice in a compartment in the shoe where it doesn't burn my feet. Like, obviously, it doesn't get How are you going to get that through the airport? I don't know. There's have... lots to work out. There's lots Surely to work out. Surely won't have the dry ice in it at that point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Late. The dry ice will be collected in Vegas. Oh, oh yeah, of course it will, yeah. I was going to say, because you're... Yeah. <laughs> that's like an international incident waiting to happen. <laughs> your, your bag... I'm not, ju- I'm not just walking everywhere with just dry eyes constantly. No, 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 no. Explosive the irony that an international incident waiting to happen is 100% Nate's tagline for his future book. And, it's... yeah, it's about you, Greta. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm honoured, mate. I'm honoured. Let's take it back to the race. <clears throat> yeah, where were you? <laughs> um, I was uh, well, I was in Bahrain, Nate. Um, Nate, Chris. Oh, oh my God! Sake. <laughs> Jesus, what is this? And when the camera, there? when there's, when there's a professional camera on Lawrence Barato, you could never see more of a pro in your life. He is slick. <laughs> bang, bang, bang! Hits all of his beats. He knows who he's talking to. For one thing, that helps. Today, yeah. it's been a complete mess. Calling me, I don't know me what you, Nate. I think it's because I feel so relaxed around you guys because you're my mates that I'm good, just in. Good I'm not effort, like but... in pro mode. That's what it is. But let's yeah. take it back to pro mode and take it back to one of our favourite features on this show. Nate's 60 second review. Yay. Let's go. First of the year. If you've only got one minute to spare, want to know who finished when and where, sit back, relax, because we 
got you his name with the 60-second review. Robin Thicke, Barack Obama, Sebastian Vettel, Ferguson out, Moyes in, Andrew Murray wins Wimbledon. That's right, the year's 2013. Your name's Fernando Alonso. You're happy, you're content, the world is your oyster. Until you're visited by a ghost of Formula One future. Pay attention to the rhyme here, please, everybody. Ten years of sad, he predicts, ten years of slow, until a Canadian billionaire tempts you with dough. His car is green and quick. Your teammate is called Lance Stroll. Don't know what you thought what you thought that was going to be, but that's very bad. Stroll is wounded, but he's brave. He's hurt his wristy poos. He will still race, but he wants you to help help him into his racing shoes because he also broke his toe. Uh, Stroll almost ruins the big day when Fernando gets in his way. But the green cars, I didn't actually write the rest of this because I can't think of many more bad rhymes. But yeah, Fernando was great, wasn't he? Pretty fun. Uh, 10 out of 10 for the move on Hamilton. 10 out of 10 for the move on Science. 10 out of 10 for the career move. Rare for Alonso. Uh, Max was also quick. Mike Elliott in the mud. McLaren back to earth with a thud. And Logan Sargent is fun to watch. Bye. Wow. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> that was sensational. I briefly forgot it was a 60 second review. And I saw that I had seven seconds left, I think, at one point. And I was like, oh, wowzers. Um, but yeah, I, I was quite enjoyed that being back. Um, I like the way that there was random rhymes in along with the ongoing rhyme. I think you rushed the Lance Stroll shoes one. You, I you... did that. I just was about to say that ruined the best rhyme there. Risty poos with shoes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, so sorry about that, guys. That that I was quite upset hearing that back, actually. I thought, damn, I could if I could do a do over, that would be it. Um, but yeah. Still, some of your finest work, though. Thanks, mate. See, we're we're we're. we're going back and forth with the good PR now exactly. I, I give Lawrence a compliment and he gives me one that's how it works well actually you're not only getting compliments from Lawrence you have been defended on Twitter I saw this now it started off with a Nate's performance review uh, <laughs> from the uh, Twitter actually the, the Twitter handle uh, is it snowing which is ironic given yes it is um and they found a quote from you quite a while back that said that some of my jokes are going to be on a high plane that a lot of people are not going to get. Uh, <laughs> I remember saying that, yeah, that's true. That's and apparently I replied with, and some are going to be a plane crash. But what they did was uh, they've done a graph of your jokes. And as you say, up and down, it's very up and down. Uh, it was it's, like yeah. on our Twitter account. I'm going to retweet it for everybody to see when this episode goes live. But yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of consistency there, Nate. It looks like um, like a Bitcoin kind of <laughs> chart, doesn't it? You know, like, like Musk would tweet about it, boom, and then he you know drops off, and then boom. So my my good jokes are those boom periods, and there's just some honestly it made me realise how harsh Lawrence has been on some occasions. <laughs> there's a really low, really low quote, and I don't think the jokes were that bad. So I don't remember giving you that many low scores, Nate. No, there's only a few. I'm I'm being harsh on you, but it makes me realise most of them are kind of, are actually fairly generous. Uh, but there's been some absolute howlers. There's one that stands out to me. Um, around looking at this graph, it looks to be about March 2022, and there's a dot above ten, above ten. I don't remember you getting more than a ten. Yeah, that was one of my originals, which I've forgotten. I was going to ask this 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 user. So they could send me because they clearly did this research and wrote these jokes out, or they just wrote the the rankings out. But I'm, I'm meaning scores. to go back. Yeah, I'm going to go back. But but we'll find out from. I should have done that before this episode. Next week we'll go back and we'll we'll find that joke 
that got an 11. I remember Lawrence being so overwhelmed with it. He was like, that's an 11. And that was before the decimal places came in as well. So It was. It was. Good. Oh, I forgot um, that, I'll admit. Well, so we scored you, well, I say we. It was Lawrence that scored you, but it was a joint reaction. Very low uh, last week. Now, And that's what triggered this guy to send in, isn't it? Yeah. No, 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 this was before. So I said that's apt based on what he's just done. But um, then you got a follow-up from uh, Patrick saying that you may never recover from this. But then <laughs> Sam Ball uh, did a hashtag justice for Nate. That was easily an 8.6 out of 10 joke. Um, Thank you, Sam. Which was responded to by the generic Twitter account of the Padhock, who knows who runs that, saying, if it doesn't land quickly enough because Chris and Lawrence are idiots, that's on Nate. He knows his audience. True. Which is true. And like I've said, I've catered for that now. So um, lesson learned. But... um. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty scary when someone can put performance review and it can be so up and down. Hope that's not replicated with uh, my professional place of work. Um, <laughs> no, uh, but no. As always, we really appreciate when people interact with the show. So thank you very much. That was very cool. Uh, we have some very creative fans, don't we? We've had Martin came up with the much, eh? sixty second review, and um, sorry, who, who, what was the guy's name who did the performance review? Is it snowing? Is it snowing? Which I don't. It just says, I mean, is it snowing? I don't think that will be their given name. Might be, might be. No, probably not. You might be pronouncing it right. Well, it could be. It could be Dutch or something. Their handle is is at snowing underscore is, and their bio is just the snowman. So and it's a picture of a right. snowman. So okay, yeah. okay. Maybe cool. it was a snowman. Maybe. Oh, a snowman also, no got followers. Zero followers. So somebody listening to this pod, go and follow the snowman. Just just to show some love because they put in a lot of effort with the jokes. Yeah. Or the review oh, wow. graph. You mentioned Martin, uh, who does do our amazing jingles, but I'm going to use that to segue to a different Martin because I did have a story from Bahrain that's just landed that I remembered uh, with a certain Martin Brundle um, on on the grid on Sunday. Uh, for those who are unaware of basically social media, because we do talk about it all the time on there, uh, my fiance Jess works for Sky now as a producer, and she was producing Martin's Grid Walk for the first time. Uh, so basically we were at war because I was on the grid doing a grid walk for Sirius, which is always fun. And I get in Sky's way quite often, it turns out. And on this occasion, I was walking, I was trying to get towards the front of the grid for when the, the anthem would take place so that when the drivers left the anthem, I could maybe grab one for the walk back to their car. And I went to go around the back of George Russell's Mercedes and genuinely big stack of Pirelli tyres. So I couldn't see round it. And I just stepped round to go round them. And Toto Wolf was right there. And I genuinely hadn't seen him until I was like face to face with the guy. It made me jump, um, which he found funny. But he was just there on his own. So I was like, oh, great. I'll talk to you. And I start with my first question. And then halfway through his answer, to my left, Martin Brundle appears with a camera and is waiting to interview him as well. And Toto's kind of glanced over because he's seen Martin there. And I'm thinking, oh, dear. Like, I've really got a couple more questions to ask here. You know, just started this interview. Sky are not going to be happy waiting. Jess is not going to be happy with me like getting in the way of Martin's grid walk. Uh, and I imagine other members of the Sky team will be like, your fiancé ruining our show, basically. So fortunately, it had been discussed at the top of the show that who Jess was, and, and because we all got introed as people on the on the SiriusXM coverage uh, because it was the start of the season. So fortunately, there was context to this, which meant I then stepped back and I said, I'm going to let Martin go um, and speak to Toto and then I'm going to jump back in. And I was like, I mean, far too kind. Um, to my fiance, but it was also like I wasn't just being totally chivalrous. Toto clearly knew 
that there's more value in him talking to Martin Brundle than there was to me. So I was only going to get some short answers so that he could hurry up and get to Sky anyway. So I thought, right, I'll back away and then go again. Uh, so I then was hovering uh, next to Toto and Martin to do their interview until I could jump back in. Uh, and apparently, I haven't seen this back, but apparently I was described as young Chris by Martin Brundle, which is probably the greatest accolade I've had in my life. <laughs> yeah, that is that is high praise indeed. Um, but I think that that's, I think that, that reflects well on you as well, because, you know, you... You step back, and did, in that situation, can you? You weren't able to put your mic into where to Toto's answers. Then, no, that's that's no. bad etiquette, I guess, on the grid. Yeah, I think I probably could have if I really wanted to, um, but I don't think Sky would have been happy with that, or Brundle wouldn't have been happy. I think he was thinking about doing it with my interview if I hadn't shut up at that point. But because it's radio, which is very entertaining, but I can basically paint the picture straight afterwards of what I've just done and. Yeah, the yeah. why I've set back, and we were having a bit of banter back and forth with the studio uh, about the fact that I'd, um, yeah, given way briefly. Uh, so we only had to fill, you know, sixty seconds, and then I just stepped back in and carried on interviewing him, which was um, really good. And he was brutally honest about Merkel mm. got it all wrong. Yeah, crazy that, isn't it? it? Took sixty seconds, a sixty-second qualifying session, and then Wolf was like, "No, nope. sixty minute." Sorry, I'm thinking of a sixty-second review, aren't I? Sixty minute. You know what I mean. <laughs> but yes, yeah, mental. Like for it to be that quick, um, when you, the only thing I took from that is I reckon they've just got something in mind already that they had like their next direction that doesn't include these side pods if it didn't come out of the box at properly competitive and that they had a contingency plan because it's just such a switch like in an instant to go from launching the car and being like, oh, we've got faith in this to no, got it wrong, changing. Lewis was saying after the race he was that he was he'd been telling the team all last year we've got to change these things, giving his feedback and he was kind of intimating that he wasn't listened to and then was asking for there needs to be more accountability. So I do wonder whether because the tone has shifted massively for Merck, isn't it? Across tested from one day to the next to the next to the next. It's been so difficult really to read exactly where they are, what they think, and I think that shows the pressure they're under. Yeah, it's literally a 180 because during the launch they were like this is this is the concept you know it was complete and utter faith or at least outwardly they were projecting um but yeah it, it is it is odd isn't it and um i don't see where they come back because if, if you're just copying the red bull concept you're already a year and a half behind that so i don't know i hate i hate to be a downer for our mercedes fans i mean they're the kind of they're the kind of team that you can imagine have been doing stuff behind the scenes to like like mm. meta said kind of double up but um I don't know. Very strange. That's the thing when you say about the Red Bull concept. Like, I imagine Mercedes have like studied it, done some research into it, looked at how they would go in that direction. Like, it will all be stuff that they've done. It, it's not like they're starting now. Um, like in that sense, I don't think they'd be a year and a half behind. They'd be behind clearly. But uh, if they go in that route, then they obviously feel like it's got more potential, or they've they understand what they'd be doing. So I, I don't mm. think it's quite as dramatic. But and it, I want to say it might have been Andrew Benson on the BBC who said that um, he's pretty confident Merck are going to have for Imola if they can get it ready, maybe even before that for Miami, um, a, the totally different side pod concept. So that doesn't just happen with clicking your fingers when you're in Bahrain and say, "I oh, will do that next." They must have had that all in the pipeline. Yeah, agreed. I think as well, it obviously looks worse because of how good Red Bull are. But I think Aston being so good has kind of embarrassed a lot of people. Um, what do you guys think? Because that was by far the best storyline coming out of out of the first race. I don't think anyone expected Aston to make that kind of step um, from no. last year into this year. And 
I think if they weren't there and Merck performed as they did, I don't think Merck would be coming out saying things were bad as they are at the minute because I think they're just embarrassed by having supplied them with what the engine, the gearbox, a lot of the rear end mm. of the car as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got it right from one year to the next and Merck have not got it right. <clears throat> that must really hurt being the works team. Um, but fair play to Aston, right? Like they're putting the resource in. They're, they've got all the people in place. They've they've chosen the right direction by the looks of it now. They seem to have this baseline car that Fernando has been banging on about, wanting to have like a, 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 fl- a flat line to work off through the year. Um, and they've got Fernando Alonso driving, probably, as he would say, the better that he's ever driven uh, <laughs> in his career. And uh, it could it could be him that we're talking about as the main challenge this year. And what an incredible story that would be. I reckon we will be. I genuinely reckon we will be. Because that car is so different compared to last year's. Like 95% new, they said at the launch. Surely that means they've got a lot of learning still to do with it to get it to its complete optimum and the development potential on top of that. But um, there was, a, I think, some cheeky comments from Horner after the race being like, oh, it's good to see last year's car going so well, like re- referencing that yeah. Aston have just copied it. But as you pointed out, Lawrence, like they've got so much Merck stuff in there. like They can't copy fully the Red Bull because they don't have the same architecture and things like that. So they've married the two ideas really well. Um, and I think that's actually really, really more impressive, especially because they don't have their new wind tunnel or anything yet. They're using the Merck wind tunnel. They're not in their new factory yet. So they're still working out those porter cabins at Silverstone. Like, the people are in there and that's impressive. And it's like they've tapped back into that um, kind of old force India style and Jordan style ability to create a great car out of that facility. It's like the, the right people have gone and, and kind of like blended. So yeah, that is to me, that's hugely impressive. Yeah, it's scary to think that, isn't it? They're not even in all those things that you mentioned. And I've got to say, I, I massively doubted Lawrence Stroll. Like, he looks like a classic kind of Bond villain, kind of, I don't know, just like this eccentric billionaire, doesn't he? Like, he wears his trousers up to, like, his belly button. He has that really deep, booming voice. <laughs> you know, he's got a big, giant beard. But actually, fair play to him. Like, he's obviously he's obviously looked at it and said, right, last year was a throwaway year. Um, don't really, like, it doesn't matter in the short term if we're winning or what we're doing, because he's obviously, like, five years down the road is where we where we want to, have championships and yeah i think it's been so impressive to see that and i think that we talk about embarrassing mercedes but you look at like alpine and mclaren how long they've taken to just like chip away at the top three and mclaren especially have been like well we don't you know they've got that they don't have their wind tunnel yet they're getting that this year but like mclaren's facility is insane like they used it for andor didn't they the star you know the star wars spin-off this year that's how sci-fi it is and yet they haven't been able to they haven't been able to close that gap and aston like you say matt is working out of like it's kind of like um, Ready Player One style, you know, things stacked on top of each other to live in uh, while they while they finish their facility. So an incredible achievement. I'd say one of the most impressive things Formula One's seen for a long time. Um, so what you're saying is that Ready Player One is not good for making a Formula One car, but Star Wars spin-offs are good for making a F1 car. <laughs> no, it's, no, other way around, because Ready Player no, that's One... That's what you what... said. That's what you expected. And you're like... Even oh, though sorry. they're in Ready Player One, they've made a good car. And yeah. despite being in the Andor setup, they haven't. Yeah, that's it. And and so and, and Aston might have been might might well be ready P one by the end of the year. Uh, oh, <laughs> see what I'm what saying? They won't be badly, but, um, but they're getting ready to be P one. From they want to be Player One, don't they? Um, unplanned segue. Even the dog just groaned at that pun. I <laughs> yeah, which to is it, fair and He was like. Uh. <laughs> But the point the point does stand though. Like I think I think it's really interesting to see. I think it shows you that the facility you're in is is important, obviously, but nowhere near as important as the people you're putting 
in those buildings, the people that are, are working there. And I think now you look at Alpine, McLaren, I don't think so much Mercedes. I think they've, as Medes said, it seems like they are doing some stuff behind the scenes. But I think those other two teams are, um, are you know, really under the microscope now, especially McLaren. You know, that I'm not sure if James Key will stay around at that job for too long as technical a technical boss. But yeah, they've obviously, they've got a huge way to come now. So um, awesome stuff. And it's great, isn't it? Fernando's, Fernando's back in a good car, which is great. You think it's going to be Key out the door, do you? yes that was good I enjoyed that a lot Uh, speaking of good uh, I want to get Bretto's thoughts on this first but Lance Stroll like wow yeah Um, yeah wow wow, wow indeed like how often have we said that since he's started isn't this his seventh season I think in Formula 1 I don't think we've said wow to Lance Stroll uh, since he's come into Formula 1 but like fair play to him I remember speaking to him at the car launch I think I said to you boys he was in such a good mood like the best mood he's ever been in pre-season he was chatty making small talk complete opposite to Checo and you late at the Red Bull launch like he was <laughs> properly up for this season um, then obviously had his uh, cycling accident <clears throat> and those injuries and of all the times for that to happen he actually had a good car at his disposal so I imagine that would have been motivation enough <clears throat> for him to come back so to do it with broken wrist broken toe he later revealed um all with even with all the painkillers um and then to just get the job done across the weekend i thought it was incredibly impressive and fernando's been very positive about lance like since he's become his teammate and i think we haven't really had a lot of evidence to support that i think to be fair but like the way that fernando was talking over the weekend following the performances that we saw i think that's completely fair and justified and uh, yeah, fair play. And now I'm interested to see what the next few races are going to be. You know, once he's healed up and he's back on it, like, can he really bounce back from this? Can he make the most of the fact that people are kind of talking about him again, maybe more interested in him now, um, impressed by his performance? Can he really kick on from here and and kind of bring Lance Stroll 2.0? I don't know if Valtteri will allow that, but like, yeah. you know, the next, the next level, yeah. Lance Stroll. <laughs> I think you're right, though, Lawrence, because I've I've always kind of downplayed Stroll. You know, I've always questioned his like motivation to race in F1. He never he didn't always give off that vibe, did he? That he cared about being there. Um, but to do that and and race, I think kind of you know it suggests there is that underlying motivation. And it must be it must be way more easy to be motivated when the when you know the car's going to be good. You know, if you're if you're injured, and you're like, oh, this car's going to be it's going to be a handful just getting out of Q1. I imagine he'd have said, you know what, I will miss the first race or first two races, whatever. You know, that motivation might not have been there. So, yeah, fair play to him. I still think over the course of the season, he's in for a really tough ride against Alonso. But I think in a way, he he obviously, he's got this in the bag now almost. People will look at it and be like, well, fair play. Like, he's had this injury. He's probably not going to be up to speed with Alonso very, very quickly anyway. Um, And the fact that he came back, I think, is probably, it's, you know, we joked about PR earlier, but as a PR win for him, I think that was huge. Um, and yeah, it's it's funny, isn't it? Because we Alonso's never been this nice about a teammate. You know, if you think about how he talks about other teammates, he always will compliment, and then he'll finish with like a barbed kind of insult or a disguised insult at the end. He did it with Ocon. He did it with Van Dorn. Do you remember he absolutely savaged Van Dorn all those years they were together? Uh, didn't do it so much with Button actually, but like he's done it more or less, you know, consistently through his career. But this one, he's he's super happy. Obviously, he's the son of the guy paying the bills, so. I guess all year he's going to have to be like that. But um, he does seem to genuinely kind of like being there and like driving alongside him. So um, how different, just a quick aside, how different would this all have been had Stroll gone into the back of Alonso on lap one? 
That's yeah. like the ultimate sliding doors moment, I think, for that team. Because if he, if he did do that, imagine what we'd be talking about now. We wouldn't be saying any of this about Lance. We'd be saying, what an idiot. Like, even though he you know, he came back, but he's still the same old stroll. And, you know, he missed by, it must have been, you know, millimeters we're talking about. Um, and the whole vibe around that team could have changed. Yeah, I, I mentioned that on our serious show because you and I talked about it, didn't we, when we were in the lounge to fly back. Like, yeah. that genuinely could have been, and not just for how that weekend went and how we're talking now, that could have set the tone for their whole season. Like, right now, mm-hmm. Aston are the most probably interesting and exciting team on the grid based on where they got to so quickly and where they could, like, what they could achieve this year. And it could be the complete opposite of, like, yeah, internal warfare almost and kind of, like, that relationship, but also the missed opportunity. Um, yeah, it could be so, so different. But I'm glad it didn't go that way because of what he actually went on to do. Um, like the the discomfort he must have been in. He said like that contact actually like snapped the wheel out of his hand and hurt his left wrist, which is fractured as well. But they can't operate on that one because it's a hairline fracture. Um, and I've got um, a couple of friends that work in radiology who have like messaged since seeing his scans that he put up on his Instagram post, being like, "That is mad." Like the 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 injury that he's had the screws put in for is because it goes into the joint. So like that properly needs it's protecting to stop him getting arthritis in the future and to make sure it definitely heals in the right way. But to only have four days in the cast and then to be doing any of the stuff he was doing was just unbelievable, they said. So it's yeah, I like you said that he is still the son of the guy that owns the team, but I think he's properly shaken off that tag of that's A why he's there and B even his own motivation is to do with that. Because mm. yeah, he had he's the probably the one guy on the grid who didn't need to worry about coming back quickly. Even if someone came in and smashed it for a few races, he's always guaranteed that seat. But to put himself through that to get back, and not just the driving the car part, because I know you know they turned up the power steering a little bit to help him, and um, you know he had to nurse it a little bit towards the end, but was still quicker than Hamilton towards the end, which mm. is just mad, um, crazy. And to be what it was fifteen seconds behind Fernando at the end, like that is really good. Like having not driven the car in testing. But not only that, it's the that spell of actually doing the rehab. Like you look at what he had to put himself through and the pain and the kind of the hard bit that was behind the scenes, like no one was seeing at the time. He's not getting credit for it then. He's just getting on with it to be fit enough to race in Bahrain. It was like, yeah, massive respect for the guy. When I was in the mix zone, which is by the TV pen <clears throat> for people listening. So at the end of the race, we have the mix zone where the written journalists go and it's right next to that TV pen you see post-race. Stroll came in, they, they all came in the same the same route, which was kind of next to our pen, going to the, the broadcast pen. And there was this little gaggle of fans there, all, all shouting for people's autographs and stuff. And um, when Lance came through, you know, there was, this, there was this girl who was getting everyone's autograph. And she said, Lance, Lance, can I have your autograph? And he stopped and he, he literally, and he grabbed the pen. And I've never seen somebody like wince from holding a pen oh, in their hand. Right. He signed it. And then he gave it back. And I, I joked, I was like, I can't work out if he's just if he's just grimacing at the at the fan or if he's grimacing at the the situation, you know, because because the joke around Stroll is that he you know he, he doesn't always look that enthusiastic. But then I could see him and he was like stretching his hand out, in and out just after he did it. And then another fan came over and he signed it. And you could see every time he was moving his hand, he was in a lot of pain. So I thought, fair play, you know, he he clearly was battling through the the pain threshold all weekend. Yeah, I did my interview with him walking back down the paddock and he was, it started off with him signing an autograph. And I, I said that, I was like, you know, he's tired, he's just done a lot of media, just got through that race and now he's signing autographs with a broken wrist. And he laughed about it then. He actually laughed at, yeah, like, isn't it? I don't know if that was him trying to say to people, stop asking me to sign the autographs. But um, yeah, he laughed at that. 
Well, on that positive note, chaps, let's call it quits. Seeing as we did have a decent run of Formula One chat just then, so let's not... Too uh, much. (laughs) Let's not segue off again. Thanks very much for your time, as ever. And thanks to everyone who's listening and for following us on our social channels at The Pad Hoc. You can read Nate's work on ESPN.com, Medis' work on Race.com and my work on F1.com. And we'll do this again very, very soon. Hi. Goodbye. throw back to Bretto to talk about how his weekend was because that actually no that did include golf you were part of the golf that I was part of <laughs> as you introed earlier <laughs> yeah good god you've managed to extend golf chat despite some of the golf chat <laughs> no I'll can I'll can the golf chat uh no I won't I won't talk about golf anymore um but I had a good weekend um F1 TV are doing pre-race and post sorry pre-practice and post-practice shows this year um which is great so um I'm now being distracted by Medis showing me. Wait, wait a minute. This is this is off pod. This is huge. Mr. Med's Meg's dead. And she probably didn't even see it coming. <laughs> oh, Nate. Oh, no. <laughs> no, but I always sing that with, when, when, when someone like that dies, a fortune teller or a future teller. It's like, surely she knew. So she was probably all right. No, but we might, she might have known. We don't know. Huh? Well, why didn't she we stop it? We don't know. She... <laughs> Just because you know doesn't necessarily mean you can do anything about it. <laughs> well, that, okay, that is true. Yeah, depends how depends how she died. But <laughs> my point being, why didn't she say? She would have looked like the the greatest fortune, future teller of all time if she was like on Thursday at seven a.m. I'm out of here, and then she goes and was like, "Wow, where are we that?" Okay. Um... Well, I'm just going to pull this back I think, before yeah, yeah, before yeah. we go down a, a dark dark alley um, and try and take it back to Formula One. Yeah, I don't even know if people know who Mystic Meg is, but um, no, we can, we can cut that out if you want. I just yeah yeah, I I, I, I assume we're cutting it out, but um, it can be a it can be a blooper. We'll go on the blooper reel. Podcast Network.